Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call. Get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In celebration of opening day, we've got a special episode of The Moth Podcast for you. The theme is baseball and the surprising ways it connects people. I gaze out at the players on the field and then I, uh, I look over at my dad and I, I realize that in the silence between us that something has changed. It's like I'm seeing him for the first time. Two stories about baseball, family, and so much more. The episode's available right now. Subscribe to The Moth Podcast to make sure you hear it. Yeah, there should be some passion. This doesn't have to be boring. Boring, boring. Hey, one thing the game needs is more people like you. You, you. Still have grown men run around tight pants. It's Mookie Betts. It's Daniel Bard. It's Steve Aoki. There's Saul Tlamachia. This is Brock Holt. Hey, this is John Lester. Baseball is baseball. Baseball isn't boring. Welcome to Baseball Isn't Boring. Here's your host, Rob Radford. All right, he's back. He's back. There's no one I would rather talk to. Fresh the meetings, standing in hotel lobbies, um, schmoozing with people, seeing, basically catching up with a lot of great people. But now we're back. We're back in the uh, Baseballs and Boring Studios. We're grounded with Rich Hill, um, who is obviously like, and Rich, I did um, spread the word about how awesome you're doing in terms, yeah, well. <laughs> in terms of, 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 of dominating the podcast space. And everyone said, that does not surprise me at all. He's excellent. He'd be excellent. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. I appreciate it, Rob. I, uh, yeah, I got in touch with uh, somebody gave me a call today and, and said they uh, ran into you, uh, one of the guys from uh, the West Coast there, uh, Dave Vasse. Oh, and yeah. uh, he was telling me uh, he was telling me about, uh, you know, how you guys were talking about the broadcast. And, uh, you know, he's great. I call him the, the Oracle of L.A. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, listen, we're spreading the word from coast to coast. That's exact. And 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 I actually had to do it with a lot logging, a lot of playing miles. But I didn't mind doing it as I the yep. last action I did of the winter meetings, Rich, as I was heading to the airport. I handed a baseballs and boring t-shirt to Ryan Dempster, which I feel oh. like if anybody deserved that to be holding that on the last minute of my winter meetings existence this year, it was Ryan Dempster. I was super happy to see him. So it's good. That is definitely a, a guy who uh, was, uh, you know, when he played and still is full of life and um, is exciting every time to talk baseball with him. And uh, you know, if, if, uh, you know, if, if baseball was uh, ever boring, it is not around uh, right no. now. No. And so he'll be coming on. There's, they got a big event we're going to try to hook on with uh, out in spring training in, in, in February. Um, but we'll, we'll get to that. But what I want, Rich, 
you know, we always, we've come up with some great topics and, and you've offered perspective. I'll say it once again, for the millionth time, I did not play major league baseball and you continue to play major league baseball. So you have a perspective that I don't, but one of the things that I was thinking about was, you know, and this sort of stems off, I guess, Bogart signing going from Boston to San Diego. Although there's other examples that we have of, of guys going from one market to another, but the, the dynamic, and this is, I don't know if, you're old enough to remember. You remember Bruce Hurst? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So Bruce Hurst, for people around the country who listen to this, don't know or don't remember Bruce Hurst. Bruce He's Hurst a had, had a great year career with bought the Red Sox, and he yeah. chose to go to the Padres. Yeah. And then after the fact, he said that was, I'm paraphrasing, but that was a bad decision because I missed the juice of Boston. Yeah, yeah. Um, we just played uh, Johnny. I talked to Johnny Damien down the David Ortiz golf tournament. He yeah. said that he's like, there isn't a you know. You have to understand. There's Boston. There's New York. There's a couple others, and then yeah. there's everybody else. And you have to brace yourself for that. You've played. I don't know if you know this. You've played in a lot of different places. So maybe you are the most qualified person to approach this. Yeah. But how difficult can that be? Like for instance, for instance. When you went from 2015 from the Red Sox, and you had already been in your career, but you go yeah. to 2015 Red Sox to Oakland, um, that's a that's a perfect example. That's a different dynamic, right? Correct. You have yeah. to adjust to that. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, I've been fortunate to play in in every large market: L.A., Chicago, both New Yorks, and Boston. Um, and those are the that's those are the top top four markets you know in 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 baseball in probably any sport in the united states um and being able to you know obviously perform on the stage here in boston um is you know it's not a knock on anywhere else it's just you can't you can't you know that type of intensity that the, the park of Fenway brings and the, the fans bring when you go into the into the uh, arena at Fenway and and also I think you know having a team that uh, is competitive you know much more intense and the lights much more brighter and that's something that you know I believe as as a player you you want to you want to play in that's the market you want to play in. You want to play in uh, a place where every single game counts. And, you know, every night you go out there, you're, you're putting it out for, for everybody to see. And, uh, you know, it's, it's no, it's no knock on uh, any of the other markets. It's just, you know, Boston has a special flair about it. And, uh, you know, the intensity I think comes from, you know, the, the hardworking people here in the city and, and, you know, paying good money to, to watch a, watch a baseball game and watch a, they want to go out there and watch a team that is a quality team um, and watch quality team play hard. Well, and, and so we have to preface everything by saying exactly what you said. This is no knock on any other city. No, this isn't no knock, right? This is, but we have to be realistic when, you know, one of the things that I'm interested in, I have covered a game at Fenway Park and then gotten on a plane and covered a game at Tropicana Field. 
And I'm right. looking yep. at it like, holy mackerel. I know that players get paid a lot of money. I know that yeah. you're playing the great game of baseball. But still, holy mackerel. Like, yeah. what a difference. Yeah, and, it is. And, and do, play, do players verbalize that at all? Like, do players – have you had been around players – like oh man, you know I miss like all the all the all the things that you're talking about. Oh, you go into the you know AL Central and and play in some of the ballparks where they're half filled or a quarter filled, and that's on a nightly basis. Um, you can go to Tropicana Field, like you said, and there's you know maybe five thousand people there during the week at a game. Um, you can go to Kansas City. Uh, where you know they're only half full on on a good night uh you know obviously they've had some unbelievable teams in the last 10 years where they they've been able to go to the world series twice win a world series and i'm sure those were great places to play during those years when you're coming down the stretch but um and look like these 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 places when they when they get filled like playing in cleveland for example oh yeah having the chance to play in the wild card uh, and seeing that stadium filled, it's electric. It is absolutely freaking electric. And the the problem is, is that it's just not like that every night. Uh, when you come to Boston, it's like that every night. And that's something that, you know, again, it, it's, 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 it's very simple uh, when you come here to play is you can't sacrifice your effort. And you can't sacrifice your mental mistakes. Um, and I think that's something that, you know, that pressure that comes with playing in Boston is is, is really a privilege. And being able to uh, experience that is something that I don't know how to explain it to anybody who hasn't, you know, you can't just, you know, say that you've played there, come in as a visitor or whatever, and you know what it's like because it's just a short stint. Um, it's really when – you know, those, those long durations of, of, a of a drought, you know, where you're, where you're losing five or six games in a row and you're starting to feel it, you know, in the stadium and the, and the fans are getting on you and, um, you know, but you can feel, you can, it's very visceral. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, listen, I mean, no question. And, and you make another good point is that these, a lot of these parks, if you win, ultimately you get to the playoffs, you are going to get a taste of it. It's just that, in the in the 160 in the well the 80 something games before yeah. that you aren't getting yeah. a taste. Tampa, Rich, like Tampa, I remember back in uh, some of their playoff runs, especially when they had the cowbells. Yeah. It was nuts. Yeah. Like it was loud. It was crazy. It was a good crowd. Yeah. But yeah. the point is, is that you have to get to that point, and even when you get to that point, then you have to get to the point after. The question, one of the questions. Uh, jumping off point, I want to ask you, do you think that a guy like – I mentioned Hurst. Do you think a guy like Xander Bogarts is in for a culture shock? Um, I mean, I I, I think from – and this is – this kind of contradicts what I said, but, like, from a field-level standpoint, you're still playing the game of baseball. Um, I don't think that – the one thing that is extremely exciting that is happening – in San Diego is the team that they're putting together and the guys that they're going to have as soon as Tatis comes back off of suspension and, you know, 
hopefully they go out and sign a couple starting pitchers, um, you know, right away. I mean, obviously right now, immediately they're, they're contending for the world series and, and uh, a division where you're seeing uh, the Dodgers not bringing back the same teams that they've had in the last decade. Right. I mean, they're still going to be the Dodgers and be very good, but they're not going to have the same kind of firepower that they've had. Um, I think in, you know, that we've seen year in and year out for over a decade now. Right. Um, but I'm sure Andrew uh, Friedman in, in, in L.A. will put put, you know, go and sign a few free agents that are out there and put together an unbelievable team again. But if any year is the year that San Diego or these next couple of years, San Diego is going to be in a really good position to put themselves uh, to win the World Series or position themselves to win the division and then go into the playoffs uh, a, a heavy favorite. It's these next couple of years. So. I mean, I think, yes, I think there'll be some culture shock. You're going from, you know, Boston where, uh, you, you know, you're you're sometimes you're white knuckling it to the ballpark because it's pretty tough with traffic around here. Uh, uh, or maybe that's just me. And uh, uh, or, you know, some days uh, uh, just just coming here and, and knowing what to expect with 40,000 fans that are eager to you know, see the Red Sox get a W. Um, I think that's going to possibly change in, in San Diego. I just don't know. And again, we talk about the intensity and the intenseness of the fans that are on top of you um, at Fenway. You can't replicate it. I mean, even in the new Yankee Stadium, right? It's just not the same. And no. you hear it you hear it over and over again. I'm not just, this isn't, you know, breaking news. I you, you hear it over and over again where, you know, you have all those fancy seats behind uh, the dugouts. So you're not getting that exchange from the fans in your face the way that you used to at the old Yankee Stadium or the overhang in the second deck or the third deck that's, you know, literally hanging over top of the dugout, um, mm -hmm. you know, where the fans are bearing down on you. You don't get that anymore. Um you know, so Fenway is definitely unique in its own class. And I think the only other place that you can think of that, you know, brings a certain level of intensity, I guess, is Wrigley Field because it's, you know, kept that same kind of character and mystique over the years. Well, how about how about the other part of the, you know, we talk about the fans and the atmosphere of the games. Um, there's, like you said, you're driving in, when you were driving in a Fenway, uh, do you have tinted windows? You don't yeah. Oh, you do? Oh, look at you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Well, just recently. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, because you're a pretty big deal. I mean, yeah. Uh, but, you know, but people are looking at their, if they see you, they're like, there's Rich Hill, pitcher for the Boston Red Sox. And there's probably markets you played in where you don't have that, where you're driving in or whatever. With Bogarts, he was the be all end all in Boston. Yeah. Yeah. And now he's he can ride a skateboard to, to Petco Park and probably yeah. oh okay and the other part about that is the media I mean let's not forget that right I mean like Bogart yeah. is, you know, is great with the media but I'm, I'm guessing if he had his brothers it's kind of pretty cool not having to deal with it as much yeah I, I think that's one thing that you always look for here in Boston is guys that are going to be in front of their locker or now in front of the, the podium or whatever they're going to table they're going to stick out there on the locker to have guys, you know, just be accountable for the game and just say, you know, hey, I, I made the play. I didn't make the play or made the pitch. I didn't make the pitch. 
um, you know, I was good. I sucked. It doesn't matter. Everybody just wants the truth and wants you to be honest about your, your, yeah. your out. But it means it, 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 there's more but, of a demand for it in some markets than I would oh, imagine yeah. there there's, I, I don't know in San Diego, but I'm guessing there's more than, than I, there is in San Diego. I was obviously fortunate to play in LA and that is an incredible market and, uh, you know, a great fan base and, and an intense fan base as well. But to your point, there are so many things going on in LA and in New York, right? Mm -hmm. uh, those also, two also have played for two different teams, yes. Yes, and but the the two the two the two uh, cities, there's just so many other things going on that baseball isn't. You know, like you said, you can walk down the street unless you're Aaron Judge, who's you know six nine. But you know, if you're if you're myself or whoever, I mean, somebody. Xander Bogarts can walk down the street in the in the gas lamp district and go get, you know, his Starbucks and then, uh, you know, walk to the field and, and not be bothered. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's a good thing. Um, but also the other side of it is, um, you know, playing in a market where uh, people appreciate, you know, your effort and, and your ability to play the game at the highest level is also uh, something very unique that that is yeah, is here it's, it's here the ultimate, i would imagine there's this ultimate like you know this comes back to the bruce hurst example it's like oh yeah it seems like a good idea until it's not a good idea it seems like right. i kind of miss oh, i really miss that i really miss like the, the the intensity of it and, and so you, you do you mentioned no, no. la yeah and la is like well first of all tell me that you didn't play for the padres but you played in san diego both you're talking right. about two Southern California teams. Is there a big difference in your mind between the two markets when it comes to baseball? Um, yeah, I mean, you can feel a little bit. Yeah, there's a, there's there's a little bit more of that big market feel in L.A. than there is in San Diego, for sure. Um, and also that, uh, you know, when when those two teams are playing each other, it is, you know, a very big rivalry. Obviously, the biggest rivalry, I believe, in that division is, is uh, you know, the Giants and the, and the Dodgers. Um, now, you know, with San Diego, I think that the market size, obviously, is going to be determined by the way that the team that they're, you know, putting together that's going to go out there on the field. So it's only growing because of, uh, the ability of the the front office and and ownership willing to go and spend the money and get the players to be able to create the market, so they've created you know now a major player uh, coming into you know the next five years uh, at least to to be a contender for the World Series. Um, I mean, and and also in the immediate next couple of years, right? So it's put a lot of other teams on notice, like hey, if we don't you know, pull our stuff together here and start spending some money and getting some free agents, we're going to continue to be, you know, climbing uphill instead of being on top of the hill and, and uh, you know, fighting everybody off of it. I think that's, you know, uh, again, it's, it's he who hesitates is going to eat last and that's, you gotta, you gotta jump the market. Oh, you gotta get. I think, I think that's actually the Red Sox slogan right now. Uh, um, anyway, well, we'll find out to long off season. But yeah. I was going to say that oh, to your point about, uh, you know, market size and media size there, you know, you could go into, uh, you know, another smaller market, let's say Cleveland, um, Kansas City, uh, you could even argue San Diego, 
uh, you're going to have, you know, four beat writers in there, as opposed to in Boston, you're going to have 20, right? So you're going to have a lot more, uh, especially when things are going well. And, um, you know, in, in LA, you're going to have similar numbers in Chicago, probably a little bit less than, than the other markets, I think in New York, probably, you know, similar to Boston, maybe a couple more. Um, but really, I think that if you, if you don't want to, you know, answer questions or, you know, you don't want to, uh, have to be accountable for that day's performance, it's pretty pretty easy to just not yeah. answer go home yeah well that, you're welcome xander bogarts you have an 11 11 year contract and the opportunity to go home without me hassling you but there <laughs> you would mention la all right so we talked about going from boston to southern california how about going from southern california by the way of atlanta to boston you, you played with a guy in kenley jansen yeah who made his bones in L.A. And really, you look at positions, and Bogarts is a guy, and Judge is a guy. These guys are perceived captains. Well, the another important guy who has to deal with it in a very different dynamic are closers. Mm-hmm. I remember that Eric Gagne, when mm-hmm. he pitched, Eric Gagne came to Boston. He, um, he obviously spent a lot of time in L.A., he came to Boston, had a rough go of it, left, wasn't accountable. And as closers, that's – you know, Rich. Yeah. Closer, if you want to be a closer, you better answer the bell. You answer the questions when it goes bad. And Alex Cora was actually the one who was his buddy from L.A. who grabbed him and said, listen, you gotta, you got to stay behind. you got to answer these questions. This is yeah. just how it works here. So my question for you, playing with Kenley Jansen – making yes. that position, what would you, what would you say to him? Like, well, what? I, I, and knowing Kenley and, <laughs> and, and knowing him well, he's going to, he is going to be accountable. I know he is. He was in LA. Um, you know, he didn't uh, sugarcoat anything. If he wasn't pitching well, or he wasn't uh, able to uh, close out games at, at some certain times. I mean, uh, he was a guy that, that when, held to the the fire so to speak with the questions he answered them and he wasn't shy to shy away from uh any questions and and he also continued to put in the work um i think that's something that boston is getting is a, is a guy that obviously has proven himself throughout the regular season but has done it in the postseason um and when he is uh you know uh things you know might not be going great he, he continues to put the work in and that's something that uh, has made him great over his career. And that's why he's, you know, on the path to, you know, being considered in, in hall of fame talks coming up, uh, you know, I think after these next couple of years, depending upon how they go and, and hopefully they go great. And, you know, I mean, honestly, he's, he's in that, he's in that category where, um, you know, he's close to, to doing something really special personally, um, and I know that he always wants to win, especially uh, getting that taste in L.A. over and over again every single year, winning the, you know, winning the division and going into the postseason and getting into World Series, winning a World Series. Um, you know, that's that's a that's a guy that has done it and, and will continue to do it here in Boston. This isn't what we're talking about, but as long as you're talking about him, it just popped into my mind. How is he going to get over the pitch clock? Uh, somebody said he was a slow. I gotta look this up. But somebody said he was the slowest you played with him. Like, yeah, 
Yeah, he takes his time. He does take his time. <laughs> he does. I mean, look, there's going to be some work to be done in spring training and right now in the off season. That's the biggest thing is right now in the post uh, post season and the off season is is getting yourself prepared. Right. To... You have to practice in your backyard. I mean, fortunately, yeah. you don't have to. Like that's one yeah. thing to check off your list. But yeah. it, it, these guys are practicing in their backyard and their cleats of like, no, come on, let's go. Let's go. It's like it's like Rocky chasing the chicken. Yeah. yeah. No, you're going to have – the guys are going to have to. And I, I think that's one thing that, yeah, I think – again, I'm, I'm against the clock because I don't want to see outcomes determined by a clock that's not baseball. That can be other sports, sure, but baseball, it's never been a part of it. So, uh, once again, that's another – another notch in the MLB's, uh, you know, stick to uh, continue to uh, uh, change the game the way that they want to see it be played and and appease a 10% fan base that is somewhat interested in baseball but probably will never be committed to baseball, um, you know, the way the other 90% of the fan base is. <laughs> That's my own opinion. And uh, the other side of it, I think uh, – you know, it will be interesting. It, it Obviously, it's implemented and it's going to be part of the game. So we're going to have to make the adjustment and uh, move a little bit quicker. And, uh, you know, again, I think ultimately it's going to fall uh, in favor for pitchers. And uh, as we see that go along during the year, again, it's it's it could be more of an attempt to position uh, pitchers against hitters and separate the union. Uh, uh, and then, you know, hitters will start complaining about it's, you know, too quick. Um, and you know, they don't get enough time to get in the box and they only get one time out. Um, I, I think, you know, the whole thing's a mess, but it is what it is and we have to deal with it. We have to be able to adjust and, and, uh, practice this off season to, uh, you said it's Rocky chasing the chicken ever. You're going to get there eventually. Just use Use whatever means necessary. Yeah. Chase the dog when he takes off out of the front door across the street. Right. Exactly. Whatever you're going to do. I mean, as long as just don't get hit by a car, um, you are the dog. So I would say you must have seen guys who have come in and you, know, you talk about market, like, especially with Boston. Like, I can, I know guys, but guys who've come in and they're like, really? Like, what is this all about? Like, it, on both levels, like, some guys are like, this is awesome. I remember I've said this story a bunch of times, but I was very fortunate just to be there randomly in the dugout, Dustin Madroya's rookie year in 2007, and he's sitting there. You know, he used to come out really early in the yep. dugout, like in oh. uniform and just, like, be there. And Alex Cora used to would too, would too and – and Pedroia just like in this moment of genuineness, we just turned like to Cora, is it like this everywhere? And yeah. Cora's yeah. like, nope. 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 Yeah. So um, you must have had those sort of conversations with guys, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that, uh, you know, I, I remember talking to Carl Crawford uh, after he signed and he was like, man, I had no idea it was going to be this crazy, you know, sitting, sitting in the dugout with him. Um, you know, this is back in, I think it was 2011, maybe. 2011, uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, I said, yeah, I mean, Hey, the, I told him the biggest thing is just be accountable and, and, and play hard. That's it. I mean, 
it's not it's not a secret uh formula to playing here in boston but uh you know obviously playing well does help it helps everywhere um but i think you end up ultimately playing well because of your effort and your intensity um and if you bring those two things that's something that you know uh, i try to win part on on a lot of guys that I play with and and hopefully just by example and going out there and and having that type of mindset and that attitude uh when you get that opportunity because our time is finite we don't have that much time to play this game and and I think understanding it at um, an early age is going to help guys a lot throughout their career and 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 take advantage of you know every single day that they get the opportunity to put the major league uniform on and how special that is um but yeah definitely have had those conversations and and uh you know i've i've heard a lot of guys talk about coming from different organizations and different uh you know different um uh parts of the league whether it be you know again the the al central or um, you know, Tampa or, uh, even for, for a little while there, Texas, you know, before they built that new stadium, uh, they weren't really drawn that much because of the heat and how hot it was there and people didn't want to go to the games. Um, so you start to see, uh, you know, this kind of affinity for Fenway and for Boston and, and what it takes to play here and understand that although it's not easy, it is something that, everybody dreamed about as a kid uh and something that everybody wanted to play in front of 40,000 intense fans and people that you know of course you're always going to have you know people yelling something crazy or whatever but that's you know a few apples here and there uh but you're gonna miss it you're gonna miss it when you're in the fishing hole you know yeah as an old man oh man I miss people yelling at me so yeah and I mean, you know, the funny thing is, too, it's just like just like autographs. It's like, oh, I don't want to sign. Don't sign for them. Don't sign for them. Like someday somebody's not going to ask you for your autograph and they're not even going to know who you are. I, I that will never happen with me. I mean, it's like I can't I, I, I can't stop saying no. That's my problem. It's, it's me. I, when I was practicing my autograph in second grade, I knew it was for a reason. I was going to sign at least one autograph in my life, which, by the way, it's. What you know, Rich? We got to do a players-only podcast on the art of writing in cursive. The art of actually having a good audit. Don't you think that's a good one? Like, because yeah, yeah. no one knows how to write cursive anymore. So oh, it, yeah, it's been, it's yeah, it's been taken out. It's been, it's taken, been out. taken out. Um, so the last thing is, give me, give me your sneaky market, which players will be like, they would be traded there, and they say. Hey, this is pretty good. I did not realize this is that good. Now we know, like we've already gone through Boston, we've gone through New York. Maybe you know people sort of know what LA is all about. But give me the market that you say. Maybe you didn't play there, but you have a perception of it or a reputation of it. Like give me the place that people say, "Hey, you know, this is a pretty good place to get traded to." Oh well, I mean Chicago. I, I know we, we, Chicago. Yeah, Chicago. The Cubs. I think. Uh, you know, obviously what they've been able to do with the stadium and, and uh, very similar to Fenway and, and how they've been able to uh, kind of repoint everything. Right. I think that's, you know, I, I think of that because it's made out of brick everywhere. So repointing the brick at, at, uh, at Wrigley um, has been something and, and, and redoing the, uh, 
the locker rooms and and really bringing it up to you know standards that are that are talked about throughout the league between players and saying wow this is something that you really have to you have to experience and see now i didn't experience that when i was coming up it was still the old place and but i feel fortunate for that because you know, you're still walking down the same halls that uh, many great players did. And that that's something that I, I, I love the history of the game, as you know. And uh, anyway, being able to experience it was really, really something special. But, um, you know, just the city in general, uh, the places to go eat. Um, again, the, the, the fan base is in t- so intense. It is, it is a very, very intense fan base uh, in, in Chicago. And by when I say intense, I mean they love the team. They love the Cubs. Um, I think WGN, obviously, uh, that's something that, you know, you hear a lot of people throughout the Midwest, why they became Cubs fans, because they were always on TV. Yeah. Uh, so that that would be one um, that I think a lot of people uh, would, you know, think that, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, uh, you know, I was going to say St. Louis because, like, it, there's there's that element of, Oh, this is the just the great game of baseball. Nice try, guys. That sort yeah. of thing. But at the yeah. same time, you bring up a good point about you, players do want a little bit of the excitement outside the park, right? And so, yeah, the, Chicago's like that area around Wrigley. Oh, like, when you drive field and for people who haven't been there you don't even see it you drive into the neighborhood you still don't see it and then you drive you're right next to it and you're like oh my gosh there's Wrigley (laughs) you don't know it's really there because you're in you know Wrigleyville and you're in you're in the uh basically a neighborhood and there it is uh beautiful do do clubhouses matter (laughs) so Uh, so, you know these this is the team the teams are are desperately trying to keep up with everybody else. This is the old college football thing, right? Yeah. You see these college football locker rooms, like, what is happening? This no. is this costs more than than an entire a couple two, three countries put together. Like, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's yeah. Funny. And so, does it matter to you guys at all? I think it 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 plays. I mean, if you're going to use 100 percent as the total, I would say it plays. You know. 10 or 15 percent into it and uh you like the captain's chairs you have some good yeah, captain's chairs. yeah no i mean how much fluff do you need and, and i think the other side of it too is that you know some of these locker rooms are being so you know overmade and overbuilt that you don't even see your teammates anymore uh during the day until the the game starts right so um but i think you know uh another market that that we're starting to see develop um and starting to assign some players and 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 uh continue to probably make a push is is texas um the yeah. ranger you know you hear a lot of guys talking about it especially you know kind of what we just said with the new ballpark but it's 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 the fans again they're drawing they're they're bringing in 25 30,000 fans every game and haven't put you know really a good year together yet in that new stadium um it's only been two years but right two years i believe um two years yeah yeah so uh with fans and um you know i think that's something that uh you know with 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 a winning team they're going to start to sell that place out and and people are going to be um obviously continuing to go to the games there just because of the the great environment there and and uh they're intense baseball fans they have they have uh you know, a love for the game down there in Texas, just like 
you know, a lot of great places do, but I think that would be another, another, uh, another. Uh, That's a good one. And by the along, way, well, along with, along with, and, and the last one would be, uh, obviously San Francisco. Oh, that's a good one too. Yeah. 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 Great, great park. Yeah. Good fan base. Obviously, yeah. a, a, like a, a really solid city, like on the water. Yeah. It's some good places to live. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, the fans can be, uh, I mean, they can, they can get on you pretty good out there in San it's Francisco. No, again, like when you're, when you're old on your porch, like smoking the pipe or yeah. wearing, wearing the, the top hat and the ascot. And I don't know why, like that image came to mind. How would you ever be on the porch, like wearing, a, smoking a pipe with a top hat and an ascot? I, I yeah. don't know. But, but when you're, when you're doing whatever you're doing, you're like, oh, I wish people were yelling at me. I miss that. Yeah. No, you do. You miss it. You do miss it. I miss that, you know, uh, whatever. I mean, it is, you, you miss, you, you love the intensity coming back. And I loved it last off season, getting the opportunity to sign back with Boston and knowing what was around the corner. And like, you're like, damn, I missed this. I missed it. You know, you never, never, though, you never, nobody ever booed you last year. No, I, I mean, I, you know, whatever. I, I didn't. Uh, no, no, but I'm just saying. I'm saying, like, like you're yeah. welcome. <laughs> like, yeah. it's good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I guess. Yeah, I guess that's. Uh, but you know why? But you know why? And this goes back to no matter what market we're talking about, and right. I think that people appreciate. And this is why it just stinks for Boston losing Bogarts, and I think San Diego is going to really appreciate them. Is yeah. that people appreciate guys going about it the right way. No matter what you're marketing, you can have three people in Tampa and they're going to appreciate it. They appreciate the way that Evan Ligori, you know, like went out about, about it. They, yeah, you know, yeah and, you're right. And so that's it. I mean, that's it. Like you, what, what I'm saying is that don't obsess over what, uh, how many crowd, how many people are in the crowd, where you're going to live, um, whatever it is, just do the right thing and you'll have a good time. Yeah, absolutely. Nobody will ever find fault in that because it's like, hey, look, and and you can't find fault in it with yourself. It's like I did everything I could. I stepped on the gas and, and uh, you know, without any BS, you just go out there and, and be yourself and, and attack. And, and people love that. That's the visceral part of buying a ticket. You know, you go out there and you're like, yeah, I want to see this. And, and they want to see the excitement of, of the intensity of why we play this game. We play this game because we love to play the game and we play it with a, a relentless uh, pursuit of perfection. Even though we know it's very uh, difficult to obtain, uh, we still go after it. And, and, and uh, you know, it's something like you said, when, when it's over with, we're, we're going to have to uh, try to replicate some uh, base jumping, I think, to be able to get that feel. <laughs> yes, there you go. I tell you what, why are you replicating? You're going to be like the uh, the 55 year old replicating the base jumping in, in the backyard, and I'll be the one watching with a top hat, top hat, ascot, and a pipe on the rocking chair for some reason watching. So there you go. Um, yeah. All right, I think we solved a lot of problems as always. So thank you, Rich. Appreciate it. All right, Rob. Thank you.